Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Coming straight out of Cholton, the crime hotspot of South London, it is the big match preview. On tonight's show, we discuss the fallout from the joint statement issued by the club and the Metropolitan Police Service, including a statement from the police clarifying a couple of points that may appear misleading. My name is Louis Meadows. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley are oh, Tom Walling. How are you doing, Tom? Not bad, thanks, Louis. I made it in. Yeah, you made it in. And Nathan, you've, you've also made it in. Nathan Muller, how are you doing? Yeah, living the dream, mate. Excellent stuff. So on tonight's show, we will be discussing also the, uh, the, swift, the club's swift denied claim that uh, Roland met with the Target 20k group that was uh, claimed and then swiftly denied. Um, uh, we'll delve into the world of politics, as we, we've never done on this show before, as we uh, discuss how Brexit may or may not be a good move for Cholton. When you look at it, it could be a good move. Um, and of course, we will look ahead to this weekend's games, uh, a game with Birmingham City uh, on Saturday. Uh, right, so, but first things first, the, uh, the police... And the uh, the club met up uh, last week, and they released a quite uh, interesting statement. I'm going to read it out for you guys uh, first, and then we're going to react to it. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to react to uh, Card's reaction, and then we're going to react to the Met Police's reaction to Card's reaction. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. So this was the statement. <laughs> The Metropolitan Police Service and Charlton Athletic recognise the right of fans to protest peacefully and both the MP, uh, the MPS and the club continue to work together to ensure that protests take place in a way that is safe and lawful. Both the MPS and the club are in agreement that unlawful behaviour in the name of protest is not acceptable. A number of criminal acts in recent games have taken place and the club are working with the MPS to identify offenders and where appropriate bring them before a court uh, for prosecution and or seeking bans. Uh, a reminder that the following is illegal and will be investigated. Entering the field of play or adjacent areas, i.e. pitch invasion, the throwing of any objects in the ground, racist or homophobic chanting, carrying or using pyrotechnics inside or outside the ground. When offences are committed, the NPS may not necessarily arrest at the time, but can look to gather evidence and arrest or summons at a later date when appropriate. There is excellent CCTV in both uh, in and outside the ground. The NPS have made recent arrests for offences at CFC, including pitch invasion and throwing a bottle at protests outside the main entrance to the ground. There have been a number of arrests, charges and bans in recent weeks for offences by CFC fans, and there are a number of court cases coming up, in particular, relation disorder at Crystal Palace. So that was the statement from uh, the NPS. I mean, what was you, your, ori- uh, your original reaction to that, Tom? I was just a bit shocked, really. I mean, when you look at it, a kind of cold light of day, the, the pitch invading, you know, going on the pitch during a game is illegal. Throwing a bottle obviously is not great. And obviously we know about the stuff at Palace, but that's not why they've done it. 
and they're using <laughs> that to cover up the fact that they don't want people throwing beach balls on the pitch and disrupting the game and they've tried to make out like like that's the real problem and they're the people that are going to get arrested and they're just basically trying to trying to use uh from in my opinion the club are trying to use the police to to try and scare people into stopping their protests it sounds like which, on the whole the protests <coughs> have been been peaceful and not not yeah. hurt I mean, the the thing the thing that frustrates me is i think the the linking of of protests to illegal behavior when there's been one or two ever so slightly tiny things so that whoever threw the bottle at the window which was during a protest you know and and none of us think think they should have done that and that's very exactly. silly and it's, it sounds like they they've, they've got in trouble for that and you've had one or two people who ran onto the pitch and that was not an official card protest in any way uh, and then they and so they they've tried to link protesting to illegal behavior which i think is completely irrelevant and completely blown out of all proportion and then we'll we'll hear from card in a few moments but they they've linked they, on the same statement talking about the protest they've talked about Disorder at Crystal Palace. I mean, there was a, a Charlton fan uh, alleged to have punched the eagle thing, which is bizarre. Um, uh, it was a really strange uh, and bizarre thing to get yourself arrested for. Um, but that, I mean, that was six months ago. That was nothing to do with the protest. So why is that on the same statement? Yeah, and plenty of fans have joked during the week about the appearance of the, the flag on the website and how many times we've seen that. But, you know, when you think about the bottle incident and the palace incident, the flag came out and the statements were made at the time that, you know, they'd identify people who'd done these things and they were going to be dealt with. So really there was no need to bring them up. And, and like like you say, uh, and kind of echoing what I said a minute ago, they're just trying to, to link those to scaremonger the people mm. that are peaceful, uh, protesting peacefully to yeah. stop doing that as well. Now, because the statement wasn't very clear in, in some cases, it seemed to suggest that people who were uh, who had thrown beach balls perhaps could find themselves uh, risking... Uh, being prosecuted or, or in, indeed investigated. I did send uh, an email to the Metropolitan Police uh, Press Bureau for uh, clarification on that. And we're going to come to that statement in a minute after we speak about the card statement. But uh, rest assured, I think if you threw a beach ball, you're not going to be in trouble. Uh, and it, it was very much uh, not linked to the statement. I think that the wording of the statement makes it sound like you're going to be in trouble for that. And, you know, if you're worried about being involved in throwing a beach ball, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Which yeah. is, which is I good. think that's their intention, though, yeah. isn't it? To make you a bit unsure and to hopefully, mm. from their point of view, hopefully stop you doing it again. But, yeah. yeah, throwing a beach ball on, you know, that was that's something completely different to launching a bottle at a building or, or running on the pitch, which, as we know, is, is illegal anyway. And yeah. as Card were quick to point out, had nothing to do with them. Right, so let's have a look at the reaction from, from Card, the coalition against Roland du Chatelet. Uh, it's a long one, so I'm going to pick out brief bits. He goes, Charlton fans campaigning for a change of ownership at the Valley have reacted angrily to a statement issued jointly by the club and the Metropolitan Police, which linked peaceful protests at recent matches uh, with an isolated outbreak of football hooliganism at an away match uh, six months ago. Uh, Card, which was formed in January as a, uh, to campaign for the club's Belgian owners to, sh- to sell up, described the statement as insulting to thousands of decent law-abiding Charlton fans who have joined activities such as a mock funeral, mass protests outside the ground, spending boycotts, banner displays, sticker-wearing, uh, Pinocchio mask, and distributing spoof uh, match day programs a, a card spokesman said two weeks ago the regime issued a mad statement in which it sought to pretend protesting fans were being manipulated by a small disaffected minority despite the massive evidence on of its own failure on and off the pitch now they are linking peaceful protests with criminality including explicitly hooligan behavior at an away match uh, months before card was even set up it is a shabby and insulting attempt to cover up their complete inability to run a professional football club when the real reason uh, thousands of Charlton fans have been moved to protest. Uh, the club's uh, statement issued on Tuesday referred to a number of criminal criminal acts at recent games, but Card responded, we challenge 
the club to publish the number of people charged for protest-related activity and the full extent of these criminal acts, which we understand they believe to include the throwing of beach balls towards the pitch at the last home game. On a literal interpretation of Football Offences Act, throwing the match ball back after it's been kicked in the crowd by the players could also be a criminal offence, but the CPS and the courts are likely to require the police to use common sense and proportionality uh, in bringing charges. Uh, Card there sort of went on to say that they had their own statement with uh, their own uh, meeting at New Scotland Yard uh, as the club did uh, the, the <clears> day after. Um, I work around the corner from New Scotland Yard. I didn't see any of them. We could have had. It? Uh, it's in Westminster. Could have oh. had lunch. No, no one came to speak to me. Could have met with Roland. Yeah, <laughs> along with hundreds of others. Yeah, yeah. We'll come on to that. <laughs> we'll come on to that later on in the show. Um, uh, and yeah, they, 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 they basically they, they say that they're very, very disappointed. Uh, that the the protests have been linked by the club and by and by the police. The police are no way no way um, innocent in this, uh, because their their names are on this statement as well. Uh, in linking peaceful protests to criminality, which is completely out of order. Yeah, I mean the um, the whole statement is a bit weird because I mean if they turn around, if there was a statement and said you know um, just so you know that X Y and Z has been prosecuted for throwing the bottle or the, or having a flare, you know, and if if you you know, if you do this sort of behaviour, then you're going to get sort of arrested. But the, the way they try and muddled it all together and try and insinuate in any sort of protest, whatever, um, in the same sort of breath, so to speak, and statement as sort of criminality, just makes a whole mockery of the thing. And I think uh, you said earlier how they're just trying to deflect the whole situation away from them um, onto sort of trying to say, oh, it's a criminal act, whatever you do, which I think 99.9% of us know what's criminal and what's not, which is why one or two people have done something like that so I just think it was a yeah it's just a bottle job sort of thing really where mm. pardon the pun but yeah. uh, I mean, anecdotally I remember um, uh, Ben Hayes who, who was uh, the, the guy who started to form the, the spelling out in black and white campaign He's, he, he says that Katrine Mary uh, accused him of um, of uh, trying to incite a riot which is interesting really because the, the original protests were, were in, and, and pretty and you know, all the protests bar that that one bottle being thrown and, and two people running the pitch have been completely non-violent so it shows perhaps that that is a tactic for me that the, the club have, have been trying to employ to try and uh, dissuade people from protesting is to try and equate it with violence when, when it's been pretty much almost, I'd say 99.9% peaceful Yeah I completely agree I think there's going to be a core group, particularly associated with Card, who you know they're not their protesting is not going to stop. But I think there are people who are kind of dipping in and out, or maybe on the fringes, who are going to maybe going to see a statement like this and feel a bit intimidated and feel perhaps that the club knows more about what's going on than they do, and therefore they want to take a step back. And I think that appears to be the intention of the club. And like you've said there, if if Card's protests have caused trouble and there've been injuries and there were kids not coming because they felt scared of of the protests then i could completely understand a statement like this but on the whole they've been fine and some of them have been quite fun they've got everybody involved everyone's been behind it so it's you know it's very very strange to bring out a statement like this when when really uh, on the whole the the card and the, the protesters haven't done a lot wrong right so i um as i said at the top of the show i wanted some clarification on some points uh, in the in in the statement so i went to the metropolitan police uh, press bureau I, I emailed them a few questions I, I was asking sort of things along the lines of if, if they're going to try and prosecute people who are throwing beach balls um, it, I asked them to confirm the meeting happened at Scotland Yard which they didn't but it does say in the statement so I, I, I agree it almost certainly did um, uh, I also um, asked them to what to clarify what they meant by racist behavior uh, or racist language and if if they uh, say the, the things about 
when when people chant you Belgian so and so's gal. But I mean, they, they they haven't actually answered that question. Uh, but at the same time, they didn't come back and say that they, they've they've known of any racist behaviour. Um, and I asked them, I asked them why they've, I sort of asked them why why have they linked Card with this, and and do they suspect Card of any uh, ill doing? Which um, again, they haven't they haven't answered straight up, but they they said that they have uh, talked to them. So I'm going to read you out the, the statement, uh, the uh, the Chapman Live exclusive statement from the Metropolitan Police Service. Uh, it's there, and they said as follows some clarification in the line below the MPS upholds the right of those who uh, to peacefully protest a dedicated police liaison officer an officer who is highly experienced in working with demonstration groups has and will continue to be in dialogue with any with anyone or group who wishes to hold a protest so he's saying that they have been talking to card the police must always seek to balance the right of those who wish to protest with the right of those who wish to go about their daily business added to this there is a specific le- legislation that applies to football matches and stadium meaning certain behaviour no matter what the motivation is a criminal offence and that is where Carter's talking about the literal interpretation that if you throw the football then you're committing a criminal offence uh, it is important to, un- uh, to to anyone who chooses to take part in such a demonstration understands the specific legislation not uh, not to could leave them open to potential investigation this does include entering the field of play throwing of objects in the ground racist or homophobic chanting carrying or using pyrotechnics inside or outside the ground we will always seek to take a proportionate approach to the investigation of suspected offences as part of this approach we have not pursued a criminal investigation to those who recently threw beach balls onto the pitch so it's clarified 100% the Met Police are not going after anyone who threw a, a, a beach ball onto the pitch. You do not need to worry about that uh, and do not believe the, the, the statement, the original statement, which seems to suggest they might. Uh, that's nonsense. Uh, however, every incident is dealt with on a case-by-case basis, so police may take action on another occasion depending on the specifics of the circumstances at the time. Uh, if you think about... Thousands, if there's thousands of people throwing something onto the pitch, like a beach ball, then they're not going to go after all of them. That's the only thing I'll, I'll, I'll say on that one. Uh, so don't worry. Um, policing uh, uh, decisions made in the context of football matches must always bear in mind the impact that disruption to the match could have, particularly in relation to opposing fans. So I'm guessing it's all about Middlesbrough fans in that case. Must be. Weird, weird one. Uh, Charlton fans, Charlton Athletic Football Club, and the NPS have previously worked together to tackle those people who have broken the law. So there we go. Clarification from the NPS there. The, the main thing uh, to take really is that people who, in a big group, have thrown stuff onto the pitch have them in this case, will not be um, prosecuted or, and they're not going to be investigated. Yeah, no, you wouldn't though, would you? you have, well, they're going to go round them up and morning raids and then send them <laughs> all to court and then the amount it's going to cost them is for the, for the, you know, for what they're going to gain out of it is pretty small, you'd imagine. So that doesn't really surprise me really. But, um, I mean, you know, it, the guy, you know, the person who run on the pitch, then you, everyone's always known that if you enter the field of play you're always going to get chased eventually and if you're caught if the stewards are quick enough <laughs> and then taken out or whatever you're going you're gonna to get a ban so and I'm pretty sure the guy who did that knew that was going to happen so yeah it's a good thing that you know all the, they're not going to chase the beast ball the beast balls beast balls beach <laughs> beach beach yeah so I think yeah the, the main thing to take out of this is um, you know outrageous criminal behaviour like running onto the pitch and throwing bottles probably will get in trouble for Safety in numbers when you're throwing bo- when you're throwing beach balls probably be all right to be fair. <laughs> uh, and the Met Police have confirmed that they will not be going after anyone who uh, who threw a beach ball. We're going to be back in 30 seconds uh, to discuss uh, a, the club accidentally telling a lie.
Cousins. Lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vinicaine! And there's a goal! Joel had the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson and rolled it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area picked out Vinicaine, who buried his chance. And Charlton are 2 1 up. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview here uh, from the Valley. Right during the week, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, anyone who like who like me likes to peruse the Charlton Life forum uh, spends arguably twenty four hours a day on it. Uh, just catch all you have to these days, just to keep up with, with what's going on. Uh, there's a user on there called Lucky Reds, and he um. Uh, he's one of the many fans who've who've decided to email the new CF uh, was it fans at cfc.co.uk uh, email address uh, an email address set up uh, for fans to rant at the club at basically and to ask mm. questions and uh, f- <laughs> fair play to the club they've been responding uh, it, it, hard to say exactly where these emails are coming from there's there's no names attached to them they're just uh, re- signed off with sort of vague things like the the, the supporters relations teams and that sort of thing um, uh, the Charlton supporters relation team so uh, wh- whoever's on that um, they, they've had a bit of a job on their hands to try and uh, appease the many unhappy fans uh, but but they have started to, to respond to, to emails now and, and various people have uh, got responses um, the, the recurring theme is people who've emailed asking Roland to sell the club and then reply and saying that Roland is, has no interest in selling the club right now mm. uh, and Katri Mere is, is not going anywhere uh, that's the, the, the club's word on this but now um Everyone remembers the statement that came out a couple of weeks ago uh, that uh, well, while we were at Ebbsfleet, the uh, the statement from Roland du Châtelet himself, uh, which, <laughs> which he tried to pretend wasn't from him, but I was having none of that. Uh, he um, uh, in in that statement he he claimed in the third person uh, to have um, uh, to have met uh, with various Charlton fans. He, he said something along the lines of. Um, you know, some people will say say that I haven't, but Roland will say that he hasn't. But Roland du Châtelet has, in fact, met with Charlton fans. So that was a question that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure a fair few people asked. But Lucky Reds uh, sent an email here, who asking uh, who these people were, uh, and uh, received an email back from the supporters relations team, uh, and it went as follows: Thank you for your email. In regards <coughs> to Mr. du Châtelet meeting fans, he met when a select group in February, not great English, and there was a full exchange of views of issues like recruitment, communication, support relations, finance and commitment to the club. They were select people from the Target 20k group and the fans forums. Uh, And then he goes on, we were disappointed that you're currently unhappy with the current state of the club, but we're all working very hard to upturn the fortunes of CFC for the better. Now, um... This was pretty big news, actually, because uh, obviously uh, one of the main part of the protests when they first started, when we were still fans were still possibly willing to give the club a chance and, and just wanted answers rather than direct action of him going, uh, was that there was no communication between the club and the supporters, in particular the owner, who's completely absent um, from the club. Uh, and then all of a sudden, turns out he's met up with his best mates, the Target 20K group. The Target 20K group, of course, a group that splits opinion. Some fans feel like they're they're working with the regime and therefore they're almost part of it. They're, they're supporting a regime that some people view as too toxic to, to go with. Other Charlton fans don't feel that way, of course. People in the Target 20K group and 
uh, other Charlton fans uh, have every right to feel that you know we're, this is we're trying to make the best of a bad bunch. We're not doing well, but we still want to have a, a sustainable club with, and try and get 20k in, uh, and that's what the target 20k group's all about. So you know, people would argue that they're, they're slightly more friendly towards the, uh, the, the Roland and, and, and Katrina than, than a lot of Charlton fans are. Uh, they, they immediately had to deny that they met Target 20k. I mean, how, how, how did that even happen that they thought that Roland thought he'd met Target 20k? <laughs> it's madness, isn't it? It's, it's complete madness. If, uh, you just, you don't know why they've said it in the first place. It's not like they know that how difficult relations are between the club and the fans at the moment, and they know anything they say is going to get unpicked. You look, all the way back to Katrin's thing she did in, in Dublin, that's still being picked apart thanks to Roland's latest statement. And so they know everything's going to get picked apart. So to make a claim like that, you know, they're not, they could have made it more uh, anonymous and maybe just suggested they've met fans, which is what I think they did the first time. And even that, people said, well, no, they haven't. And now they've mentioned a specific group who are well within their rights to come back and say, well, no, you didn't. Yeah. It's just, just ridiculous. Um, almost immediately, the club uh, then emailed a retraction uh, to the the Charlton Life uh, user Lucky Reds and to the um, and to the the, the Target Twenty K group uh, as well. And they they said uh, as follows: Apologies for the confusion. You were given the wrong information. Uh, to clarify, when <laughs> when the owner was over in February, he met with a small group of fans who are also partners of the club. Uh, so what sponsors? I mean, still, still we're still trying to work out who these are. Uh, these are people who are first and foremost fans and a full and frank discussion about the direction of the club uh, was had with this group. So this was an error for which we apologise to you and we also apologise to Target 20k. <laughs> there it is again. Getting a lot of use out of this little ditty, aren't they? The circus <laughs> um, continues. Yeah, the, the, the backtrack was quite funny. But then the, the, if you follow on on that, Fred and Charlton Life, someone from the... Um, the, the fans forum have been emailing around the rest of the fans forum group as well because that's an, uh, mentioned in the original email and they all, they all said they've never met him either so mm. I, I, I'm putting out a, a call to arms now if uh, you know we're, I don't know how many of the the partners of the club uh, uh, listen to Charlton Live but if any of them are out there or if you know any partners of the club uh, please get in contact with us studio at charltonlive.co.uk and let us know that you actually met Roland Duchatelet because uh, I'm not sure that happened. We know Rich mm. did, don't we? Yeah, I and mean... That, and we know the club did, mm. and that's about it. So until we hear otherwise, there's yeah. nothing. We've got no any, reason uh, to assume. I don't that. know if that Joy is that... Was it David Joy? Is the, well, you'd imagine that he's met Roland if he's the well, the FC. head of finance. Yeah, yeah, surely. You'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I don't think he, he wouldn't count as a partner of the club. I mean, that, that'd I be suppose. like saying that, I mean, Ollie and George and the, <laughs> the media team are Charlton fans. Yeah. First and foremost, they are Charlton yeah. fans, but they're also... <laughs> Employees of the club, so uh, <laughs> hopefully he's not counting that as well. But yeah, so if you're a listener, uh, I mean that that, that shows this, this, this again. We, we say this all the time: this, the, the state that the club that's in, that you just can't believe anything that comes out of them at the moment. And you know, I'm not here saying they're lying because I don't know, but it just seems it just seems very far fetched, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, in the, for, Tom said earlier, so I just don't know what's if if it, all of that is true, which seems like it is, but. If it is true, why? I mean, surely they're going to think, oh, eventually it's going to come out in the wash. I mean, obviously the fans do, and like the club can communicate with other people. So it's like, obviously they know, that, well, they should have known that whatever they're going to say is going to be picked apart and it's going to be communicated between forums and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, or whatever else there is nowadays. But And that, that's what they should have really thought of. But straight away they've done it, made a boo-boo, and they say, oh, yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Just like, why aren't you thinking what you're doing? Just, just, just like, men, but what, what can you do? You just have to laugh at it. It's just so stupid. But I, yeah, I'm trying not to swear, but... Yeah. Just just every, every time you want to swear, just tell me and I'll just play the circus music. Oh, hang on, that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. <laughs> oh, I changed the song, never mind. Uh, right, um, some partners of the club who have met with the club recently, but not necessarily with Roland du Chatelet. Uh, Sponsors Day was last... Thursday, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it uh, obviously, we because it was the Easter break and the international break. More importantly, we didn't have a Chapman Live big match preview or a Sunday show last week, so we didn't have a chance to talk about it. But basically, on Thursday, the club invited, I think, somewhere at the in the region of about twenty uh, sponsors to come for a, a sponsors day. And I assume this is something they do pretty much every season, where they go to the training ground to probably to have a good old look at the, the work that's going on there. Because I understand that they've started doing some work there. And, on upgrading the training ground, and it's probably worth seeing. And, to, uh, and then they were going to move on to, to the Valley. Um, uh, Cards weren't having any of this. They uh, decided to pick it outside the uh, the, the training ground. Uh, they turned up with a big ad van. Uh, on one side it says um, uh, the only score they care about. It had a picture of a £20 note, uh, which is obviously Cockney Running scan for, for... Well, not Cockney Running. It's just score. That's just money yeah, slang. Yeah. Um, and on the other side, it said weird crowds. Uh, you get weird crowds down at the Valley these days. And it had um, <laughs> a photo of one of the protests. So obviously they're, they're there trying to dissuade fans from uh, or sponsors from pumping any money into the club. Yeah, I thought it was it was fantastic. I mean, we've seen protests stepping up and up since... You know, since it all kind of started, but to see one that was completely unrelated to a game day or a match day and away from the the stadium itself, at least to start with, and for people to still be prepared to to put that money in to organise it to go down there, it just shows the the force of the movement that they've got now. And you know, it wasn't hundreds of people, but it was the middle of the day on a working weekday. You know, you're not going to get a lot of people. Yeah, you got but, about twenty five, thirty, maybe. But everyone that did, massive credit to them, and I'm sure you two as well were following it on social media. And you know, wherever people were, I think they were kind of wishing that they could be there as well. And it was just incredible to see. And from the sound of things and from what they're saying, it seems to have made a bit of a difference. As yeah. Well. well, Twitter user David Norris uh, tweeted that they they spoke to the representative from Andrews. Uh, was it air, air conditioning? Mm. Uh, who obviously sponsored the shirt a couple of years ago. Now they're on the back of the shirt. Um, Charlton, a Charlton supporting company. They say that uh, he reported from outside the training, the training ground, and the valley having spoken to uh, someone from Andrews. He reported that Andrews uh, are not going to be renewing any sponsorship. So clearly it has worked. I mean, Card want to get out there, and they, they they've stated. I remember a very powerful quote from Rick Everett when I interviewed him at one point. He said that that we're we're going to make this club unmanageable for them so obviously that's the, they want to hit Roland in the pocket make this club unmanageable make it a, a really pointless exercise for him to be here and, and force him to sell and that's well that, that that's clearly worked in this case yeah I mean and that's obviously they're going the uh, right way about it and obviously I don't really know um, f- from year to year you know when these sort of events sort of happen with sponsorship but um, usually you probably have a load of sort of sponsors that automatically renew anyway so you have the people like that Axis guys and all the, all Axis, the light. Yeah, Axis, yeah, so. Axis left uh, the. Um, they had an interview in the Voice of the Valley. Uh, I can't remember the geezer's name, but he's a mate. He's a mate of my mate's dad. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, but he did an interview in the Voice of the Valley as well, saying that they're they're pulling money out of the club. I think it was at the start of this season they pulled mm. money out, and the, the club didn't try, didn't even try hard enough to try and get him back. It's, oh, it's, exactly. It's just the, the 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 weird running of the club. I mean, ev- everyone who ever deals with working with this club, you always get negative negative feedback from them. If it, whether it's from 
you know, from Axis or from even from former players, former managers, we, we just seem to get nothing but negativity at the moment. Mm. Bitter ex-employees. <laughs> yeah, that's the line they've been <laughs> spouting, isn't it? Um, uh, quite a lot. Um, because, uh, yeah, it's funny enough, I was um, trying to help out with a contact for uh, BBC Sport, uh, obviously, because I do, I do a little bit for them. And I was um, they, they came to me asking for a contact. And I said, well, you know, you can use... I listened for a few minutes. So you can use Rick for he says stuff, and I, I got told by the BBC. So oh, I, I didn't realise he didn't. Uh, I got uh, we've, we've just found out that he used to work for the for the club, and mm. we're worried. So I was like, well, I was like, well, that's nothing to do with this lot. I was like, well, they told. Yeah. Surely they haven't told you that. It's nothing to do with this lot. But well, mm. there you go. <laughs> um, the, uh, the yeah, as 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 you mentioned, Tom, the the fact that they protested away from a game is pro- probably quite important because we're coming up to the summer now, where the games are going to end and. The club might be thinking, "Oh, pressure's going to be off now," but they're still going to pro- they're still going to find ways to protest, aren't they? Yeah, it's important to keep it up. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. As well, because... The club is a lot longer than a season, you know, we kind of try and bookend a football club in season to season and, you know, you get round to August and you think, right, fresh start, whatever happened last year gets put to the back of your mind. But with this ownership and with the state of the club at the moment, that's not the case. And irrespective of whether we stay up or or go down, for a lot of people now, this is more than the football on the pitch. This is the whole club and, you know, the club is life to a lot of people or certainly a massive part of their life. So, yeah, it's important to keep going through the summer when, like you say, the staff at the club and employees and stuff are going to try and you know wind down a bit and uh, if card can keep that pressure on them then obviously it's gonna it's gonna be noticed yeah right uh we're going to be back in uh, 30 seconds or so to uh, discuss the brexit for the first time ever we're going to talk politics on channel live what do you think about a shot no he tees up look into the penalty area and there's number four Back in the team, back on the pitch, and back on the score sheet. Charlton Live. Welcome back. This is the big match preview from Charlton Live. We're going to head to the game over the weekend with Birmingham City uh, in a little while. Uh, right, today on the BBC Sport website, um, <coughs> uh, Brexit came up. Now, uh, the, one of the best things about football, 
generally is that you can make friends from everywhere. Like my my group of friends who I who I met through you know, the roads of Denmark and through going to football is the it's just the most diverse in terms of sort of ages and you know pro- probably political stances. I don't know, and I, to be honest, don't really care because that's the thing. Like you can go, you can talk about football. You don't have to talk about politics once, and um, so it's, that's why we don't don't have to fall out about it. unless you read certain threads on Channel Life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, normally, normally you don't have to worry about politics. Uh, you don't have to worry about politics at all. Um, so we obviously we don't talk about politics on this show because it's irrelevant <coughs> and boring. Um, but today, the BBC uh, Sport website uh, published a story about Brexit, uh, suggesting how if uh, if we vote out in the EU referendum on the twenty third of uh, June, uh, that how it could be a massive change uh, for English football and British football. Uh, it said that British football could re radically change if the UK votes to leave the European Union, according to experts leading voices in the game. Uh, some fear so-called Brexit could lead to more than 400 players losing the right to play in the UK, while others say it may give home talent a chance. Uh, and But it goes on to say that, uh, suggest who's in danger. It says, players with EU passports are currently free to play in the UK, but those without must meet home office criteria, the most important being that they are, st- are established uh, internationals for leading nations. Uh, so you, you won't be surprised to find out that if we do have a Brexit and therefore the EU passport holding people aren't allowed to continue playing and they have to apply for a work permit that we're going to have to lose according to this uh, the most uh, out of everyone in the story so far because uh, they're they talking about Villa, Newcastle and Watford all losing 11 they say championship side Charlton Athletic would need to find 13 replacements so we're going to miss out 13 players uh, who, who uh, the BBC is suggesting would not meet the uh, established criteria uh, to, to get a work permit, and that includes uh, being established internationals for leading nations. Obviously, we're down the bottom, so we don't have any good players, and therefore they're not established internationals for leading nations. Um, I, wonder, I wonder if that's going to make, make a lot of Charlton fans sort of change their mind on, on the whole Brexit thing. Uh, I wouldn't. I think the um, football just comes... Come comes secondary, Yeah, I think, I think everyone's sort of more... Well, I'd imagine it's more concerned about the security and jobs and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, like you said, uh, like you said earlier, with the um, trying to get the youngsters back in, to, back in the team, improve our game a little bit, maybe. But I mean, it wouldn't wouldn't sway my vote whichever way, which I'm still not decided. But do you think that could be the case though? If if we leave the EU, that we're, do, you, do you think it's going to affect the quality of English football? As in, we're going to be watching. We're not going to have these good foreign players. Obviously, we don't have them anyway, but we're, the, the English football isn't going to have these good foreign players, so we're going to watch a lesser quality of football. Or do you think it will twist and we're going to see young British players getting a chance? I think the big clubs will probably find a workaround where they can still bring those players in anyway. <laughs> um, but no, I think I don't think the quality of football is any less because I think on the whole, the young English players are actually good enough. They just don't get given their chance. and. You know, what's kind of weird is on the one hand, we want to probably, there's a, a few of the players in this club that we wouldn't mind being, you know, having to go um, and investing in the youth, which is something we're good at anyway. But at the same time, it kind of rips apart Roland's model with this, you know, owning a few different clubs and using the network. If those players aren't able to travel to us, that kind of makes us stand out a little bit from the other clubs. So it'd be interesting you know, if he's still here and if that did happen and if those players had to go and I understand there's obviously a lot of different conditions there. It'd be yeah. interesting to see how he handled it, but obviously he's looking to invest in youth as well, so it might just be with the goings on at the training ground and with the the history we've got in bringing youth through that he might just focus even more on that. If you look at the rules for um 
uh, the international players. It says that a player from the top, a top 10 nation only has to have played 30% of their games in the two years prior to the date of the application to be granted a work permit. A player from the nation ranked 11 to 20th must have played in 45 interna- 45% of international games. Uh, that percentage rises to 60% for the next 10 countries and 75% for nations ranked uh, 31 to 50. A vote to leave the EU would mean that players from the 27 countries still in the union would need to meet these criteria. So, you know, uh, <clears throat> 30%, if, if it's someone coming from, say, France, mm. uh, you, d- you would have had to play 30% of, of your team's... I mean, we're not going to get someone who's played 30% of France's games. So if you look at... Someone know, like Paye yeah. at West Ham probably yeah. hasn't played that many games no, for France, has he? For example, he's, he's, he's a massive player. Yeah. Mm. Um, but they do that with a Brazil. They do that with like South America and that at the moment. Still, I think they still do it, don't they? Where you have to play a certain yeah. amount of games to grant to get a work permit, and people like Africa and Mali and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we're never going to be pulling yeah, Paye in in any way. But yeah, I don't know. Like you said, there may be some sort of way around it. Maybe. Mm, so that's an interesting. Uh, a little take on what could possibly be the outcome uh, if we decide to vote in or out. Um, like I say, Chumman Alive doesn't hold any views on which way you want to vote. Vote whichever way you want to vote or don't vote. Up to you. Don't care. Uh, right. Just because uh, you mentioned the network of clubs there. One of our sister clubs, San Trudon, have been very naughty. And they got fined by FIFA for uh, breaching the rules on player ownership during the week. They've uh, when, when the story When the story first broke, it looked like really exciting news. Uh, because it, it looked like Roland's uh, whole model might be. But it turns out, basically, Santry don't have been fined because they have, uh, they've decided to crowdfund a player, which is really weird, isn't it? When you think that Roland's worth so much money, he's decided to crowdfund a player. What's it, what does that actually mean? Well, basically, crowdfunding is when everyone chucks in, like, 50 quid. We did it with Ronnie Moore back uh, in the day. Oh, right, uh, okay. Well, why can't, why can't you do that? Yeah. Oh, that's a bit weird, but... Oh wait, it's not. He's model safe though, isn't it? So yeah. So that was a weird one, but yeah. Um, yeah. Any views on that? If you had to crowdfund anything here, would it not just be like a, a ticket for Nabi Sar to go and join someone else? It'd be, yeah, it'd definitely be someone going, not someone coming <laughs> in. I think. Mm. Yeah. So that was an interesting bit of news. Yeah. The, at first, I was really excited by that story because I thought, oh, he's, he's going to get chucked out of football. <laughs> but in the end, it was just but a no. weird thing. But he's, he's got fines, and he's, it shows perhaps that he doesn't really understand how to the, the running of a football club goes. But, <laughs> who'd have thought it? Yeah. Who'd have thought it? Hey. Yeah. Anyway, you never know. It could, it could turn out to be that if, if we if Britain vote to come out of the EU, maybe he thinks, right, no, I've had enough of this, I'm off, because it ain't going to work. <laughs> who knows, who knows. Right, we're going to be back in uh, a little while where we're going to look ahead to this uh, this weekend's game with Birmingham. To Charlton Live. I think uh, just a, a quick mention uh, for the uh, the under twenty ones. Their unbeaten runs at an end. I think yeah. I, I should have really counted before this, but I think it was up about nineteen or twenty yeah. uh, games unbeaten. They lost to, to Birmingham here at the Valley uh, during the week, and a, a real shame, but an, an incredible run, really. Yeah, it was a lot. I think it was a last minute, uh, last yeah. minute one, wasn't it? It was, um, and I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, yeah, it was about twenty something. I think it might have been early twenties. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was disappointing, but you know, they're still in a good place in terms of um, obviously form league and obviously the 
Cup. So, and you know, a lot of the players are coming on leaps and bounds. So, yeah, no, it's all positive, even though we did just lose by a snatch of a last-minute winner. Yeah, still through to the final of the Kent Senior Cup we saw a, a couple of weeks ago. I think they're, I think they're still top of the league. Last I heard, I think Palace had a couple of games in hand and could catch them. Uh, along with a couple of other teams that are below them. But, you know, it's uh, important to, to try and uh, keep that momentum going or, or, to, or to pick it up again as, as, as they head towards the end of the season. We wish them all the best. And uh, Jason Yule, uh, all the best as he tries to guide uh, his under-21 side to the title. Right, uh, a, a different head coach trying to uh, guide his side to a different outcome. Jose Riga, who's desperately trying to save Charlton's uh, championship status. Uh, and, uh, well... Not currently. Um, he's uh, he caught up with uh, George Jones, the club journalist, uh, uh, to look ahead to uh, this Saturday's game with Birmingham. Jose, it's been two weeks since our last game, and now we're preparing for Birmingham on Saturday. You and the squad must be really looking forward to to getting back out onto the pitch. Yeah, of course. I think that um, this international break was welcome, also because. Um, we need at this moment also to recover some freshness physically and mentally. We have been working hard also the first week, then having some rest. And be focused the first day of the week again of what can be the most important game of the season, the one against Birmingham. So for us, uh, we know what we have to do and we're ready to do it. You said before the break that we could use the break as an opportunity to get some of our injured players back. How helpful has it been in that respect? Um, we, we, we did, and, and, and the, the medical staff did what we were expected. It means that we, I have more options now. And um, Chris Soli is back, Jordan Cousins, as well as Patrick Bauer. It doesn't mean that they are fit to start a game, of course not, because some of them, it's a long time that they were injured. So we need also to be very careful and to be present with some of them, because you don't go to a game like this. I mean, you need some time game. But we have three games wrote in a week, so it's very important to have more options and more possibility. And it's up to us to, to, to do the thing in a way that we can use all of them when we need, with fresh legs, with fresh brain and fresh mindset. It's very important. And even Ahmed Kashi is back on the pitch and able to, to, to do some, some physical work, which is good also. So we need everybody. That's what I, I said from day one. And we need everybody fit. We need everybody uh, committed because I repeat, we start uh, a mini trip of three games, uh, very, very important for us, and certainly the first one. Gohan uh, and Reza and a couple of others went away on international duty uh, last week. Have they both returned? Are they both okay? Gohan um, is okay. I mean, he played, I think, uh, one of the first game, and he, and, he, and he won the second one. He played 90 minutes all, all the game against Greece. So it's about. Uh, the discussion that I have to have with him to be sure that he's completely fit, but I think he is. And it's also quite good if you come back from the international break with a win. Uh, about Reza, unfortunately, um, he has some physical problem injured. Certainly hamstring, we have to know exactly what, what happened. But uh, certainly Reza will not be available. So some good news, some bad news. You mentioned that the break gave the players that didn't go away a chance to um, improve their mental freshness. How important is that 
But we know that for us this season is 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 a difficult one for many reasons, and so it's clear that be able to spend two three days with the family just to to to, to forget a moment uh, our situation and just to be to be ready and to come back with with I repeat a very fresh uh, mindset, very fresh legs. Knowing that we play um, a small championship uh, between some teams, the one who fight for relegation all together, and again, it was very important to, to to first of all to have this possibility at this moment, because the player injured and now already available, so it was important, and for the rest to think about other thing at the moment because now we know that the last part of the season will be crucial so it was good for everybody not only the player but certainly also the staff but now we we, we are only focused on one thing the most important the next game as we said Birmingham on Saturday what kind of game are we expecting from them I think if I have to define Birmingham City I must use maybe the word realistic uh, team I mean they don't need to, to score a lot to win or to make a draw. They are very realistic in the way they play. They are very solid, well organized. Um, they're able to wait the right moment. Um, so yeah, it will be of course a difficult game. We know, we know, but it doesn't matter which kind of opponent uh, if it will be difficult or not. All the games are, are difficult, but it's so much important that we have to be again focus on ourselves and be sure that uh, everybody wants just the same and to give everything we can give into this game because I repeat it's very important to start in the right way even after that of course mathematically everything is still possible and so anytime we will have this hope we have to stay focused on, on our main goal but anyway yeah of course it's it's not an easy team to play I must say but I repeat, it doesn't matter. We we play home and we know what we have to do. We were excellent in our last home game against Middlesbrough. And how much encouragement can we take from that performance going into Saturday? It means that um, we're able to do it. I mean, uh, the most important thing in this game is that we were also uh, very difficult to play, first of all. And any time we... we we got the opportunity to hurt the opponent, to hurt Middlesbrough. We did very well. We were very also realistic this this game. And again, uh, the way the, 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 the player were committed on the pitch and wanted just the same and doing the same at any moment of the game was key for us. So, of course, this kind of game, we have to, to, inspire, to be inspired by this kind of performance and even the game after against Sheffield was not the best one. I think that one part of this game in Sheffield, we were also well organized. So certainly the base of most of the results, we, we, we can build on it. I mean, and so, yeah, we have to follow this, this way to do certainly and, and be very strong all together and, and, and be effective and productive when we can be. Because any time in a game, and each game we play until now, I mean, we, we, we play with, I mean, we, we, we can face any opponent when when we we are in, in a good day. And we have to be in a good day all this uh, last game. So, 
yes, just just do the same thing and just go and look for the the performance that we want all. Saturday is the first of seven games that we face in April. How important is it to start the month with a, with a win? Very important, of course. Uh, I repeat, just because. At the same moment, there is also or they are also important games for the other team, uh, but also because um, starting in the right way can give us, of course, uh, the hope, the, the will, and 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 just the the, the, the good um, lift for being able to achieve what we want. So important is, and all of the game will be important. And I repeat. Uh, um, we did it in the past, and we know also why sometimes we we didn't receive the result we were expecting. We made some mistake that we have, of course, to correct. And for the rest, any time we were playing, I think we show some good things during the game. And we must be consistent. 94 minutes, 95 is necessary, but we have to get the result that we want. There's Joe Zoriga there chatting to the club journalist, George Jones. Uh, looking ahead to um, to Saturday's game with uh, with Birmingham City, and uh, actually released a fair bit of news about the squad, which is, in fairness, actually quite rare for him. He doesn't often um, doesn't often give us a full uh, thing. So it sounds like uh, Solly Bauer and Cousins available uh, at least from the bench uh, for Bauer and Cousins, I think, uh, and and possibly Rez is going to be out. Uh, had a tweet into the Channel Live account from Andre Alley saying quadruple boost ahead of the Birmingham game with Solly Bauer and Cousins available and with Rez out injured. <laughs> arguably slightly <laughs> sarcastic but you know um, going through the positives first um, Bauer coming back thats a, he's been a, a big miss yeah no he's, he's been out for ages it seems like it was only December against Burnley wasn't it so um, yeah it seems longer than that it seems like he's been out for more or less a season like Kashi but um, could possibly a little bit too late now to be honest but uh, yeah no glad he's back obviously he won't start but um, I'm just you know I just, just want I want Ahmed See, I want him back before yeah. the seasons, well, just so we can have a, at least a fighting chance of something. Yeah, well, bit we, of grit. We saw um, we saw uh, uh, Ahmed Kashi was actually back back in wearing football boots and running around today. But I still I still be shocked if he's anywhere near yeah. until the last two games of the season or something like that. You got when you've been out that long to get some sort of uh, fitness back. Cousins coming back. We as everyone said how, how well he played mm. against Middlesbrough, uh, and we and we missed him up at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, he was a big miss by the sound of things. I think. The one thing we're seeing by two or three injuries coming back is just having a couple more options. Obviously, Solly's not been so missed for the last few games. Luckily, we've had a bit of cover there, but to now give an option at, at that position and and the same in the middle, you know, Diara's not been fit or you know throughout the season, you know, on and off, and Cousins coming back. It, like I say, it just gives us more options now, and we can start to play around a bit with the formation. Like he mentions about Goodmanson coming back off internationals, he might be a little bit tired, so. Maybe we can just mix things up a bit more, and that's kind of been the problem all season: is just lack of lack of depth in the squad. Hendo, uh, Hendo, according to News Shopper, which has uh, also got a lot of the team news, is, is suggesting still going to be out. Still, still not really sure what's going on with it's that. Move something different this week. This is here. This is here. He's got ear infection. <laughs> yeah. Hit by a beach ball or something, <laughs> and, and the police are investigating. <laughs> uh, do, do, do you think you'll be tempted to, to change that back from? It sounds like Bauer won't really be fit enough. Do you think Solly will, will come straight in? Or do you think Fanny will stay at right back? Uh, um, I'd keep it as it is yeah. myself. Uh, yeah, 
I mean, we, like, like you said, we've got three games, you know, I don't think Solly will do Tuesday, Saturday. No. I know everyone says that he can, yeah, but if he's got the option to not... Despite his height, Solly's yeah. just good as a as an aerial defender as well. Mm. And uh, against Ipswich on a Tuesday night, I think his experience in the Championship is going to count a lot more. I think mm. Birmingham, maybe, found he might get away with, you know, a few mistakes or whatever, but against Ipswich, we've seen what they're like against us. I think we need yeah. our experienced players playing there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Birmingham uh, bringing a, a familiar face, although not a familiar hairstyle, back to uh, back to the Valley with with Michael Morrison now with full head of hair. Right. Uh, first return uh, back to the Valley. Yeah, we'll get a good reception, no doubt. Um, yeah, I mean, he's bound to score. I mean, we said this last time, we said <laughs> about, you know, Reading, and then we knew that Jan was going to score. He'll probably score. Um, but you know, I like I like more. I think um, there were times where you know he was amazing, and then there was times where I just thought he could have just I don't know. I, he made me a bit uncomfortable sometimes. But I mean, if you look in comparison to what we got now, chalk and yeah, cheese, really. Back, and, yeah, no. So I mean, yeah, I would be glad, good to see him again, and you know, I'm glad that he went to a club that's doing really well. So. Yeah. Uh, Birmingham signed Carl Lafferty on loan, mm-hmm. um, which was an interesting one because he only plays well when he's wearing green, doesn't he? Yeah. When he's playing for Northern Ireland, he seems to score a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not really sure he's the sort of striker that you, you'd expect. He's a gamble. He's a gamble, mm-hmm. wasn't he, for Championship level? I mean, he could be. He could be all right. Yeah, I think it's uh, for Birmingham. I think it's a win-win really because I mean, if if, if he comes, if he goes to Birmingham, he's an absolute pony. Then he hasn't. Really, everyone sort of knew he was pony anyway, so haven't really lost anything. <laughs> Whereas if he actually comes here and he's obviously fighting to get in that Northern Ireland team and he actually does Sorry. really well, then yeah. he's a win again. So I think it's been a quite a good move for him, really, and for Birmingham. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he won't have any trouble getting in that Northern Ireland team because he is, for some reason, <laughs> whenever he puts a Northern Ireland show on, fire, he, turns, he turns to Pele, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, Birmingham's form hit and miss, really. They're, 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 uh, <laughs> they're outside the playoffs by uh, six points, but they have got a game in hand on Sheffield Wednesday who's sitting sixth. Last couple of results, draw a, a, a home to Fulham, who we know aren't you know, around where we are, away at Wolves, uh, defeat to Blackburn before beating Hull before that. So a mixed bag. Yeah, I think um, from our point of view, it doesn't change from the last sort of five or six weeks, really. We need to win it. Um, I think we historically, since we've been back in the Championship, we've struggled against Ipswich, so... I think that's going to be a tough game. So, so we need to get the points. So we, yeah, we need the points really ahead of that. And um, yeah, I think there's, you know, we play like we did against Borough. We might do do all right, but play like we do against Sheffield Wednesday. That's exactly. And we yeah. Um, I mean, we've we've written ourselves off on this show uh, a long time ago, but I mean, as it is a preview show, you have to say, well, if you win that, we're we're, we're six points off currently. Fulham are, uh, who did I say? Fulham are playing MK Dons yeah. on Saturday, so. You know, the, the two teams. We, we need to catch up with two teams. Uh, we need to get above, uh, most realistically, Fulham and, and NK Dons are the teams nearest to us uh, in the five and six points away. They're the two teams we have to we have to do both of them. Yeah. Uh, as you said, Tom, sort of off-air, you know, not they can't both get three points this weekend. So if we if we win the game, we will make up ground on at least one of them. Yeah, that's the that's obviously the positive way to look at it. The, the difficulty is, obviously, if one of them does win, it drags the other one back in, but that's not enough for us. And yeah. obviously, Rotherham under Warnock at the moment just seem to be flying. So mm. that's really the worry. But but like you say, if we do get a win and they get a draw, you know, suddenly two or three points, it doesn't look anywhere near as bad as I think we've been making out. I'm in agreement with you. I have written us off. I do think we're down. But, you know, mathematically, no, we aren't. And, and it does only take a couple of wins to change that. But... Um, yeah, we've still got to go out and win the game, which I think is is tough enough for us at the moment anyway. Let's get them predictions in, Nathan. 
Um, I'm to Birmingham. Yeah, I, do you know what? Um, with the people who got fit, I'm gonna go for a, I'm gonna go for a two nil win. I mean, only because Birmingham's recent you know form hasn't been great, nor is ours. We're at home. Nothing to lose, you know. I'm gonna go two nil. I'm gonna say. Um, oh, I can't even think of our team who's going to score a goal, but I think we'll score two. <laughs> Lookman, maybe. Look, I always I say Lookman every week, and ever since I've said it, he's never scored. So <laughs> I'm going to say someone else. So I'm like, oh, I always say Joey as well. So I'm going to say, who's coming here back in the middle? Uh, Diara, Jordan. Diara, yeah, Jordan. I'll get Jordan and uh, Joey goals. I don't think we can count your prediction. You said pretty much every member of the team yeah. now. So you just go, oh, I said, said look, we're not one point. Pope. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah I'll, I'll just say Jordan and Joey then. Yeah, all right. Tom? Uh, I'll try and be positive and say we'll scrape a 1-0. Yeah, score um, Name the whole team quickly. Tashera, I reckon. <laughs> oh, there we go. I could have used him. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm going to go for a, a one-all draw, the goal scorer being... Yeah, I like to share as well. Actually. He's, he's yeah, got a knack for goals. Yeah. Right, just about run out of time actually on the the big match preview this week. Thank you for for Nathan for joining us here at the Valley. No worries, cheers, mate. Thank you very much, Tom. Cheers. I just want to mention before we go a little statement from Catchyn two years ago. Who, uh, yeah, I've found, been reading a program. It's pretty much two years to the day, and it sums up I think the situation now as well. It says the next two weeks are crucial in our season. We want everybody at all levels of the club to feel united and as one. And there's no doubt that if or when we secure the championship status, it'll be the result of a collective effort from the players' management staff and supporters. Before so, adding, if you step out of line, you go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're all in this together, which is good to know. Yeah, well that was from two years ago. This is now. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's Big Match Preview. I've been your host, Louis Mendes. Don't forget... Uh, if you go on the pitch you will be given the death penalty if Charlton lose this weekend we will be suffering a death penalty ourselves because we'll be going down to League One which we probably are anyway try and stay out of handcuffs this weekend lads up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com